Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our online campus. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. Can we thank the choir also? Would you thank them? You may be seated. You may be seated. Yeah, the choir's been here since 2.30 this morning. Nah. Well, welcome. Happy Palm Sunday. And um, this is an exciting week for us. And, And can I just give us all a caution as we begin today? If you go to church any amount of time at all, well, here's the, here's the occupational hazard for us, especially for ministers, is we hear about and we talk about and we handle such holy information and holy things so often that there's a danger that we could get used to it. You know, and things that used to move us to tears and stir us inside, heard it before, know it, could tell it myself, those kind of things. And let's just always caution ourselves because here's the worst condition you can ever have and it's hardness of heart. And hardness of heart happens when holy things, when we don't respond properly to holy things around us. So thank you for keeping that in the forefront. Today, I'm going to talk about some things that we know. We know these things, but I want to, I want to kind of stack them together in a way that we get a big picture on something that I, going to, I believe is going to help us, especially as we uh, kind of commemorate and celebrate some things this time of year. So we begin today with, with Palm Sunday, and that marks the beginning of what is called Holy Week. It's the most important week in all the history of the human race. And uh, on, a, on, a, uh, on a Sunday, Jesus came into Jerusalem. And let's just read about it a little bit here in John chapter 12. And it says, The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna. Everybody say, Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so uh, Jerusalem was already kind of packed. Uh, it was the Passover and, and there were certain things going on. And so people would just uh, make the pilgrimage. They would come there and just pack the town. And then when it got out on social media that Jesus was coming into town. How many of you know there was no social media then? How many of you know that word spread quickly though? It's amazing to me as I read through the Gospels how quickly things would, would happen. Even, you know, he'd do a miracle on one side of this massive lake. And by the time he got the other side of the lake by boat, people knew about it. You know, it was an amazing thing. So probably there was social media in, it, in its primitive form. But people heard that Jesus was coming. And they, the passageway that he came in, they just packed that just slammed it. There were people that adored him. There were people that were just curious. And something prophetic, a, a, an energy in that moment from, from God's plan and prophecy, everybody together just began to worship this, this king. And they took the branches of palm trees. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. And they began to cry out, Hosanna. Say it again, Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that word Hosanna, uh, out of the Hebrew actually has the idea of save, we pray, save, we pray. It was this, it was not only a, 
a praise that you're the one who can save us, but it was a cry, save, we pray. Now, they were looking more to the immediate. You know, life was rough. They were under heavy oppression by the Roman government. There were so many things going on, but they, were, they wanted help. They wanted relief. And, and probably a few of them had more of an eternal sense of their need for help. But Hosanna is certainly something that we can cry out today. Save, we pray. There are things in your life right now you'd like God to help you with. You know, and then as far as our future and our eternity, you know, our need for someone to come and save us and the one who, who can, the one who did, the one who does, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so thus begins Palm Sunday. There's five other days during the week that kind of get marked and celebrated by, by tradition. I'll touch on those real quick. First would be Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday, this commemorates the night where Jesus had uh, the Last Supper, uh, the night he was betrayed. It's also uh, the night that he washed his disciples' feet. And this word Monday comes to us. Now go back, go back. Go back to Monday, Thursday here. Monday, Thursday. It'll be back in a minute. And so uh, there it is. Monday comes to us from the Latin. And uh, it means command or mandate. You can kind of see that in there. And because when he was washing his disciples' feet, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. And then the next day that we celebrate is Good Friday. There we go, Good Friday. And what is good about Good Friday? This marks the day that Jesus was crucified. That is the ultimate act of good. Come on, church. That is the ultimate act of good. Jesus, what Jesus did for us, what his death accomplished on our behalf, that was good. Good because he took our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins, dying in our place, reconciling us back to God. And that, my friends, is very good. And so, um, and I pray that you'll take some time this Friday and just thank the Lord for the supreme sacrifice that he made for you. And then Holy Saturday, Holy Saturday. And uh, this was part of the time that Jesus was in, in the tomb. And I want you to be mindful of that as well. And then next week will be Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the fact that Jesus uh, rose from the dead, that he is a resurrected Savior. Can somebody say amen today? And that... That truth would be one of the things I would keep us stirred up about, that we don't just get used to hearing about the fact that we have a Savior and He rose from the dead and Easter and a bunny and, 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 we, and we just kind of lose the import and the impact of, of all of that. And Easter, you know, next, next weekend we'll celebrate Easter. We're going to do six services. Um, I had a friend ask me earlier today, or he told me rather, he said, I'm going to bring you some cans of spinach. So Popeye fans will get that. But I figure, I figure it this way. There's a whole massive team that's working on making next weekend incredible. And I, I just believe this. If we're wise about it, I believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can sure help us to do a big celebration on, on Resurrection Sunday. Amen? And we're going to have massive uh, productions going to be taking place, incredible music. I am working hard, have already been working hard on the message. Uh, we're doing everything we can and everything we know to help, you know, get folks here. And because, uh, because we're trying to set an attendance record. 
No, because we're trying to make Easter really exciting. How do you improve on Easter? We're going to present it in the most creative way, but look at me, look at me. Here's, here's what we're doing. Because people need the Lord. They need the Lord. And every time I think about it, it wrecks me. I've been a crybaby all morning. So just deal with me. Pastor Tony was up here and he shared about those invest and invite cards. We have 5,000 of those printed up. You took them out. They're already, they're already gone. We're on radio and billboards and magazines and every, everything we can do. We printed up. We've got uh, Rush ordered 2,000 more of those cards. And if they're not gone already, they're out there. Why are we doing this? Look at your pastor again. Because people need the Lord. They need the Lord. And so this is not just about us getting, you know, a little, little dressed up and coming to church or however you want to do that. But this is about the fact that people need the Lord. And what better time, what better time, because this is the game changer. This is, this is the signal in the middle of it all. This is the keynote of it all, that Jesus is raised from the dead. And as troubled as our world is, we're still living in a world where Jesus is risen from the dead. Amen. So what is this all about, though? What all this Monday, Thursday, and Palm Sunday, and all of these things, what is it really all about? It's the culmination, it's the completion of, of prophecy and God's plan all coming together. And I want to kind of encapsulate it for us today. A man named Jesus, the Son of God himself, came to earth, took on human form, lived a perfect life, and then willingly went to the cross to die for the sins of all mankind. My sins, your sins. And this is what we call the gospel. And so I want to ask today, what is the gospel? Because I want us to know, listen, I want you to know what the gospel is. I want you to believe the gospel. I want you to enjoy the gospel. And I want you to share the gospel. It's meant to be shared. And so all of this taken together, what is the gospel? And its basic definition is this, good news. Come on, everybody say good news. And I'm sorry, folks, all I got for you today is good news, okay? But what makes the good news good news is the fact that there's some really, really bad news. And I'm not just talking about what's on the news. I'm not just talking about what's happening in our world. That's symptomatic of the bad news. And so as we look at this and we realize there's good news, there's good news because there's, because there's bad news. And let me just interject this at, at this point right here too. Whatever your bad news is, I want you to know that God always has some good news with that. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever's worrying you, whatever's bothering you, hurting you right now, whatever you're concerned about, understand this. For all your bad news, God always responds with some good news. Here's how you, here's how you activate that, okay? Stay on the right side of the butt. Seriously, stay on the right side of the butt. And by that, I mean this, you know, I've got this problem or that hurt, that hurt. They said this, or this is going down, or I don't have what I need, but 
And then you go to God's word, and I'm telling you, for every problem, there is a promise, and God is able to keep every promise that he's made. And any problem you have, do not allow a temporary problem to become a permanent fixture in your life. This too shall pass, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so whatever bad news might be in front of you right now, understand God has good news and he will see that that good news comes to pass. Seek him, go to him and stay on the right side of the butt. Do you understand what I mean by that? Because sometimes, well, I know God will help me. I know God, but, and then we go and we land on the problem. Don't land on the problem, land on the promises of God. Can, can I get an amen on that today? All right. Now, Let's, let's kind of put this all together. It all started out really good. It started out in the garden. And we're going to have a couple of symbols up here. It all started out in the garden. And that garden was a paradise. It was carefree. It was beautiful. Uh, right after Easter, I'm going to do a series called Through the Bible in Seven Weeks. And we're going to take, we're going to take seven weeks and look at the overarching big pic- picture. And we're going to tie together some incredible things. You're going to come out of that series loving God's word like never before. And I, it's going to give you such a big picture view of how it all connects. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and promise you this. Your peace level is going to rise. Your panic level is going to greatly go down because you can see that big picture. My point right now is this. It all started in the garden and it's all going to end in a garden. Okay, so what's broken and lost and corrupt and everything now, God is able to redeem and restore and get it back to what he originally intended in the first place. And so back, we go back to the garden in the book of Genesis, and it all had a great start. I mean, it was off to a wonderful start. And then the serpent, the deceiver came. He deceived that first couple, and they disobeyed God, and they sinned, and they're separated from God. And that's bad news. Now look at this in Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, 12 in the Amplified Bible. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, Adam was held responsible for this. I know that Eve was deceived, but Adam didn't take his place. And so sin came into the world through one man. You know what Adam should have done? He should have tied that snake in a knot. Should have slung him against the tree and done some of this. Come on, do it with me. But he didn't. And sin came into the world through one man. And watch this. And death as the result of sin. Sin opened the door to death. What is death? It's not just dying. There's measured death all the way through. Depression, sadness, brokenness, weakness. All of those things. Death in itself. And then separation from God. So sin opened the door, death as a result of sin. And watch this. So death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sinned. And so here's the bad news. We were born into sin. As part of the human race, we were born into sin. And then guess what? And then we sinned. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA. It's in, you know, that that we sin. Anybody here sinned? Okay, it's all of us, just so we'll know. And so some of you are hiding out. No, everybody has. Okay, everybody has. We have all sinned. There's no one who has not sinned except the sinless one, Jesus. So we're born into sin, then we sinned. And by sin, we mean to miss the mark. 
And we've not only missed the mark, we've missed the mark by a mile. And then we're plagued by sin. Sin sin ruins. Sin rots. Sin rules in our lives, in our relationships, in our endeavors, and messes everything up, and we end up lost and empty and bound and helpless. And by helpless, I mean this. We can't help ourselves. We're lost. We're empty. We're bound. We're broken. And, and the thing that we don't want to do, we find ourselves doing it again, as, as the apostle Paul writes. And the things that we want to do, we just can't do consistently. And we need some help. And the bad news is we're helpless. We we can't help ourselves. But, everybody say but. But here's the good news. God had, God had a plan. And God has an answer. And God has good news. So we've got this incredibly bad news. But it's displayed in front of the, the good news is in, displayed in front of the bad news. I've noticed like in jewelry stores or in catalogs even where they're displaying something that you want to see its beauty and how it sparkles or whatever. It's displayed usually with a black background, that black velvet or black, black silk. And that's our bad news. That's our bad news. But the gems of the good news just stick out. They just pop out to us because they're overlaid on the bad news. We don't ignore the bad news. We cling to the good news that God has brought to us. And so God had a plan because we could not save ourselves. We needed a Savior. God, here's the good news, God sent a Savior. Look with me in Luke chapter 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Cue the Christmas music. Go ahead. It's actually not just a Christmas verse. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Next verse. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Watch carefully. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Good news. I'm bringing you good news, which will be to all people. Look at this. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a, come on, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Go ahead. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And we'll go ahead and put up the icon for the manger here. Christmas, and we know this. We talk about this all the time here. Every Christmas at least. Christmas is the celebration of the entrance of our Savior into the world. Y'all hear me? That's another one. Don't let the soil of your heart get tamped down on that. Christmas is what? It's a celebration of the entrance of what? of our Savior into the world. And Christmas without Easter does not make sense, okay? The, the manger without the empty tomb does not make sense. That's why our world continues to just cycle and just spin around Christmas and keep changing it up, more and more commercialized and more and more this and starting it earlier and everything else. And it's because they've got to add to it because it does not make sense without Easter. All the more reason we need to get our friends and families here for Easter, Amen. To put that all together. But Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, of whom I'm chief. He's saying, I'm at the top of the list. And I'm probably in the top 10 too. How many of you are on the top 10? Of, of, you know, come on, be honest about it. And Christ Jesus came into the world to what? To save us, to be our savior, to save us from our sins. Now, Jesus is both God and man. He's without sin. He's without fault. He alone is uniquely qualified to be the one to bridge the gap between a holy God 
and sinful humanity. And he did that by going to the cross. And the message of the cross that Jesus was crucified for us, get this, the message of the cross that Jesus was crucified for us, that's the centerpiece. That's the hinge pin of the gospel and of the whole big plan of God. The cross is the symbol. The cross is the emblem. We've got a big one out front. We've got a big one out back. We've got a beautiful one right here just to put it in front of us, to keep us remembering that that is the symbol and the emblem because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. That's the centerpiece of the gospel for us. Here's the deal. Christ died for us. Now, let me expand that. Christ died for me. Christ died for you. The reality is this. He, when I say he died for me, he died instead of me. He died in my place. He died in your place. The bad news is there was a debt that you could not pay. There's a penalty that you could not overcome. And even if you went to the cross, it would not have changed anything except you'd just be dead and still lost in your sins. But Jesus came, and in theological terms, it's called this, substitutionary atonement. Substitutionary atonement. If we can put that on the screen, please. He died for me. He took my place. The sin, the wrath, the penalty because of our sins and failures, had to be paid for. It had to be satisfied. And here's what Jesus did on the cross. He took our sins. He became sin for us. He absorbed the wrath of God. He paid the penalty because he's the only one who could on the cross. And he paid it off. He took our sins, absorbed it all, paid it off. Look with me in in, in, uh, John chapter 17 Verse 30, the last thing Jesus said upon the cross was this, it is finished. Come on, say that with me. It is finished. Now, that that is a loaded statement because he's saying a number of things. He's saying all of the commands the Father gave me to do, all of the prophecies that lead to this point are fulfilled. And he said, now I'm giving up my life. And if you read it carefully, he said, no one takes my life, I lay down my life. And he voluntarily, in that moment, he gave up his spirit. He gave up his spirit. And he said, it is finished. When he said, it is finished, in the language of the day, he used a word that is teleo, teleo. And everybody within proximity who heard teleo knew what he said. Because if anybody had ever done any business, if they'd ever been involved in any kind of commerce, anything to do with the economy, they understood teleo. Archaeologists have found papyrus uh, documents, tax receipts, different things that have teleo uh, written upon it. And what teleo means is this. You ready? It means paid in full. So not only did he complete all these things, but what Jesus did, my sins, your sins, the penalty, the shame, the wrath of God, he paid it all in full. Can we get an amen today? And then... Then on the third day, having put sin away, he put death in its place. He rose again from the dead, and now we have an empty tomb. He came and lived and died and rose again so that you and I could be reconciled back to God, so that you and I could be alive, so that we could be free. And get this, so that you and I could have some help in this life. Anybody interested? 
help in this life, and then a home in heaven forever. I call that good news. I call that real good news. See, he took our sins. That's what blocked our access to God. That's what separated us from God. God is this holy God, and we were sinful people. And the thing that blocked us, Jesus came and took that out of the way. He paid it off and took it out of the way. Watch this carefully in Colossians chapter 2. By canceling the record of debt, and that is the debt of our sin. By canceling the record of debt that, should, that stood against us. And let me just stop right there and just talk to you about this. He canceled the record of debt that stood against us. Now, I don't know your whole business. I could probably guess parts of it. But uh, let's say that you've got a mortgage on your house, or maybe you're a monthly faith partner with MasterCard or Visa, (laughs) or you just had to get that new car, had to get that phone upgrade, or you had to have all 12 tiers of cable or whatever your deal is. And what if you had this debt and all of a sudden you got a call and said, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, we are canceling the record of your debt. How many of you would be okay with that how much more is this folks how much more is this by canceling the record canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands it had to be paid this wasn't just a write-off it had to be paid legal demands this the record of debt he set aside nailing it to the cross We know that Jesus became sin for us. He took on our sins. He took on the sins of the whole world. That was the agony of the cross. The father even said, I I can't even look. The father had to turn his face away. Jesus took all of that. He took the wrath. He paid the penalty on the cross. And by becoming our sin, he became our record of debt. And I love the, the, the imagery of this nailing it to the cross. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was sin for us. He was savior for us. And he took it out of the way by nailing it to the cross, paid in full. He died so that we could be forgiven. He died so we could be reconciled to God. He died so we could have a meaningful life. And he rose again so we could have the power to live this life. So what do we do with this good news? And friends, this is good news. Here's what we do. We believe. We believe. And I told you with the good news, this is what needs to happen with the gospel. You need to know it. You need to believe it. You need to enjoy it. And you need to share it. But let's get first things first here about believing. Look with me in John chapter 3. Before we read this, I want to remind you again. He said, I know John chapter 3, 16. Now, I want you to keep the soil of your heart plowed up so you do not miss the, the, the beauty of this. For God so loved the world, and it was a broken mess, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, 185 times in the New Testament, believe in him, believe in him, believe in him. It's pointing to how to activate this good news that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Here's the good news. This is the good news. And you get the good news by, go back if you would, 
You get the good news by believing in him. You believe in him, you have eternal life. Here's the bad news. If you don't believe, you perish. That's the bad news. But you see how, how the good news changes just by believing in him. Now go to the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, come on, that the world might be, come on, saved through him. Go to the next verse and watch this one carefully. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. I have a friend, and he's growing in his faith. He loves God. And a couple of months ago, he said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, I'm trying to sort this out. How could a loving God condemn people? And I said, see, that's the, that's the lie and the wrong emphasis that our culture, by misunderstanding, tries to place upon God. And that's not on God. God doesn't condemn. You just read it. He doesn't condemn. He saves. And he said, but I've heard that, that, that people are condemned. But watch this carefully. If you believe in him, you're not condemned. But if you do not believe in him, you're condemned already. What he does is he comes to save. He doesn't come to condemn. It was our own sin that condemned us and separated us from God and we're lost and undone without him. What he came to do was not to condemn. He came to save. And what we do is believe. Come on, everybody say believe. Believe. It's by believing. Look with me in John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Everybody say believe again. So we got this incredible good news, this incredible good news, and we just need to believe. Well, to say that, well, just believe it, that's hard, especially in our day, for people to just believe because we've got to figure things out. And I want you to know something. Listen to me. I haven't got this figured out. But I believe. I believe. Listen, I've worked hard to figure out everything that I can. I labor. I'm working. In just, just over a month, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to graduate with my doctor in ministry. I'm going to have that done. And thank you. Why was I doing that? Because I wanted to get about around some greater minds and some greater writings. And I want to learn. And I want to be as well equipped as I could to serve you the best way that I can. I want to figure out all that I could, and I want my faith to be strong, and, and I'm coming to the end of that journey, and I don't have it all figured out. But you know what I realized? I'm glad I can't figure it out, because that means that the God that I believe, I can't figure him out completely. He can do things that I never would have thought of. He's more creative than I am. I've said it for years. If the only God you can trust is a God you can figure out, That's a puny, boring God. I'm glad that we have a God that is way beyond what you or I could figure out. There's a line of faith and you just say, you know what? I can't figure it out. I can't figure out my watch. (laughs) Microwave, car, all kinds of things. Come on. There's very few of us that can figure out some of those things. There's a few of you that are nerds, but we love you. I can't figure it out, but I trust it. Are you all with me? And on such a greater level, Lord, I can't figure it all out. And I'm glad I can't because what you can think and what you can do and what you can come up with is way better than what I could ever come up with my limited little whatever. 
And so there's a line of faith and you just kind of step across that line and you say, I believe. And there's a joy and there's a peace that comes to you in believing. And when you believe, you're saved. When you're believed, when you, when you believe the gospel, can I tell you the end result of the gospel? And it's this, is that you have help in this life and you have a home in heaven forever. Help in this life, a home in heaven forever, I believe. And that is good news. What do we do with the gospel? Know it, believe it, enjoy it, and share it. Why? Because people need the Lord. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.